0: Chapter thirty two of Chicot the jester by Alexander Dumas This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by john Van Stan Savannah, Georgia. Chapter thirty two how Chicot used his sword Nicolas David, in recognizing him whom he knew to be his mortal enemy, could not repress a movement of terror, during which Gorenflot slipped a little to the side, crying out, Help friend, come to my aid! ah monsieur david is it you said chicot i am delighted to meet you again then turning to gorenflot he said my good gorenflot your presence as a monk was very necessary just now when we believed monsieur dying but now that he is so well it is with me he must deal therefore do me the favor to stand sentinel on the threshold and prevent anyone from coming in to interrupt our little conversation gorenflot who asked no better than to go was soon out of the room but David, having now recovered from his surprise and confident in his skill as a swordsman stood waiting for chicot with his sword in his hand and a smile on his lips dress yourself monsieur said chicot i do not wish to take any advantage of you do you know what i have come to seek in this room the rest of the blows which i have owed you on account of the duc de mayenne since that day when you jumped so quickly out of the window no monsieur I know the number and will return them. Be easy. What I have come for is a certain genealogy which Monsieur Pierre de Gandy took to Avignon, without knowing what he carried, and equally in ignorance, brought back to you just now. David turned pale. What genealogy? He said. That of Monsieur de Guise, who descends, as you know, in a direct line from Charlemagne. Ah, you are a spy. I thought you only a buffoon. Dear Monsieur David, I will be both, if you wish it, a spy to hang you and a buffoon to laugh at after. To hang me? High and dry, Monsieur. I hope you do not lay claim to be beheaded like a gentleman. And how will you do it? Oh, very easily. I will relate the truth, for I must tell you, dear Monsieur David, that I assisted last month at the meeting held in the convent of Saint-Genevieve. You? You? yes i was in the confessional in front of yours and it was very uncomfortable there especially as i was obliged to wait to go out until all was finished therefore i heard all saw the coronation of Monsieur d'anjou which was not very amusing but then the genealogy was delightful ah you know about the genealogy cried david biting his lips with anger yes and i found it very ingenious especially that part about the Salic law, only it is a misfortune to have so much intellect one gets hung for it. Therefore, feeling myself moved with tender pity for so ingenious a man, I said to myself, Shall I let this brave Monsieur David be hung? And I took the resolution of traveling with, or rather, behind you. I followed you, therefore, not without trouble, and at last we arrived at Lyon i entered the hotel an hour after you and have been in the adjoining room look there is only a partition between and as you may imagine i did not travel all the way from paris to Lyon to lose sight of you now i pierced a little hole through which i had the pleasure of watching you when i liked and i confess i gave myself this pleasure several times a day at last you fell ill the host wished to get rid of you but you were determined to wait here for monsieur de gondy i was duped by you at first for you might really have been ill so i sent you a brave monk to excite you to repentance but hardened sinner that you are you tried to kill him forgetting the scripture maxim he who strikes with the sword shall perish with the sword then i came to you and said we are old friends let us arrange the matter in what manner it would be a pity that such a man as you should disappear from the world give up plots trust me break with the guises give me your papers and on the faith of a gentleman i will make your peace with the king while on the contrary if i do not give them to you ah then on the faith of a gentleman i will kill you but if you give them to me all shall be forgotten you do not believe me perhaps for your nature is bad and you think my resentment can never be forgotten but although it is true that i hate you I hate Monsieur de Mayenne more. Give me what will ruin him, and I will save you. And then, perhaps, you will not believe this either, for you love nothing. But I love the king, foolish and corrupted as he is, and I wish that he should reign tranquilly, which is impossible with de Mayenne and the genealogy of Nicolas David. Therefore, give me up the genealogy, and I promise to make your name and your fortune. David never moved well said chicot i see all that i say to you is but wasted breath therefore i go to get you hanged adieu monsieur david and he stepped backwards toward the door and you think i shall let you go out cried the advocate no no my fine spy no no chicot my friend those who know of the genealogy must die those who menace me must die you put me quite at my ease I hesitated only because I am sure to kill you. Crillon, the other day, taught me a particular thrust, only one, but that will suffice. Come, give me the papers, or I will kill you, and I will tell you how. I will pierce your throat just where you wish to bleed gorenflot. Chicot had hardly finished when David rushed on him with a savage laugh. The two adversaries were nearly matched in height, but Chicot, who fenced nearly every day with the king, had become one of the most skillful swordsmen in the kingdom. David soon began to perceive this and he retreated a step. "'Aha!' said Chicot. Now you begin to understand. Once more. The papers.' David, for answer, threw himself again upon Chicot and a new combat ensued. At last Chicot called out, "'Here is the thrust!' and as he spoke he thrust his rapier half through his throat david did not reply but fell at chicot's feet pouring out a mouthful of blood but by a natural movement he tried to drag himself toward the bed so as to defend his secret to the last Ha! Ha! cried chicot i thought you cunning but i see you are a fool i did not know where the papers were and you have shown me and while david rolled in the agonies of death he ran to the bed raised the mattress and found under it a roll of parchment at the moment in which he unrolled it to see if it was the document he sought david raised himself in a rage and then fell back dead chicot saw with joy that he held what he wanted the pope had written at the bottom fiat ut vulia deus deus jura hominum fecit after placing it in his breast he took the body of the advocate who had died without losing more blood the nature of the wound making him bleed inwardly, put it back in the bed, turned the face to the wall, and opening the door called gorenflot. How pale you are, said the monk as he entered. Yes, the last moments of that man caused me some emotion. Then he is dead? Yes. He was so well just now. Too well. He swallowed something difficult of digestion and died of it the wretch wanted to strangle me a holy man and he is punished for it pardon him you are a christian i do although he frightened me much you must do more you must light the lamps and say some prayers by his bed why that you may not be taken prisoner as his murderer i a murderer it was he who tried to murder me mon dieu yes and as he could not succeed, his rage made him break a blood vessel. But till your innocence is established, they might annoy you much. I fear you are right. Then do what I tell you. Install yourself here and recite all the prayers you know or do not know. Then when evening comes, go out and call at the ironmongers at the corner of the street. There you will find your horse, mount him and take the road to Paris. At villeneuve le Roi, sell him and take Panurge back." Ah, that good Pernurga! I shall be delighted to see him again. But how am I to live? Chicot drew from his pocket a handful of crowns and put them into the large hand of the monk. Generous man, cried Gorenflot. Let me stay with you at Lyons. I love Lyon. But I do not stay here. I set off at once and travel too rapidly for you to follow me. So be it then she co-installed the monk by the bed and went downstairs to the host monsieur Bounier said he a great event has taken place in your house what do you mean the hateful royalist the enemy of our religion upstairs received today a messenger from rome i know that it was i who told you well our holy father the pope had sent him to this conspirator who however probably did not suspect for what purpose and why did he come go upstairs lift up the bedclothes look at his neck and you will see you frighten me i say no more the pope did you honor in choosing your house for the scene of his vengeance then chicot put ten crowns into the hand of the host and went down to the stable to get out the horses monsieur Bernuyer went up and found gorenflot praying he looked as directed and found the wound May every enemy of our religion die thus, said he to Gorenflot. Amen, replied the monk. These events passed about the same time that Bussy brought the baron de Meridor back to his daughter. End of chapter 32, recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.